You are listening to a podcast by Spring Hill Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. Spring Hill Church is called to reach everyday people with God's grace, His unconditional love, and the life-changing power of His Word. Thanks for listening, and if you would like more information, you can visit us online at springhill.cc. Well, let's look at our foundation scripture for this series. This is week two for me. It's, uh, you know, we had week one a couple weeks ago, but week two for uh, blessed living in the blessing of Abraham. And I believe the Lord directed me to dovetail this to our series that we finished up a few weeks ago. And uh, because I believe that the Lord has a purpose behind this, you know, I really, in prayer yesterday, since the Lord really ministering to me that he really, really, and you're going to see this in the context of the, the scriptures today, but he really desires and longs for his people to live in the life that he wants them to live. And uh, God wants that for each and every one of us. So we're going to spend a couple of moments reviewing, but let's look at this. Christ, it says in Galatians 3.13, has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Now, why did he do that? So that, verse 14, that the blessing of Abraham, say that, the blessing of Abraham. Now, you're going to understand what that is, but that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Now, I want to point out a couple of things to you that Paul wrote in these particular verses, and especially in verse 14. Notice it says that Jesus did what he did. He bore the curse for us so that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles. Now, you and I are not Jewish born. Uh, I don't think there's anybody here today. I might be wrong, and, and uh, if I am, forgive me, but... I don't believe there's anybody in the room today that is a naturally born Jew. Now, here's what's interesting is if you are a naturally born Jew, meaning you're born uh, of the Jewish people, then you already have access to the blessing of Abraham just because you're naturally born. But how many of us that, that were not naturally born Jews, we're outside of that group. Now, here's the other thing that you need to understand is prior to Jesus coming, we didn't even have access to a relationship with God. So it's through what Jesus did that we now have an open door to have a relationship with God. And then also, we have been afforded the privilege of being able to receive and walk in the same blessing that the children of Abraham receive and walk in. Now, I want to show you something, a key word in this verse. Notice what it says, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles. Now, there's a difference between within and upon. Jesus and the Holy Spirit live within you. But how many of you know that there are some things that come upon you? The Scripture talks about the Spirit within and the Spirit upon Every single believer has the Holy Spirit living on the inside of them, but not every believer has a particular anointing upon them. So there is a difference. Now, here's what I want you to see 
And that is that the blessing of Abraham came upon you when you received Jesus Christ. So you wear the blessing of Abraham like a garment, like a coat. It's on you everywhere you go. It's on you. It, it, it's there. It's, it, it is always present. So he says that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus. So my goal in this series is for us to understand the fullness of, you know, when somebody asks you, how you doing? And we, our, our catchphrase is, I'm blessed and highly favored. Excuse me, without the squeaky voice. I'm blessed and highly favored, all right? I want you to understand what that means and to the extent that it means, because it, it's more than just a, a cliche, all right? That you carry upon your life the blessing of Abraham through what Jesus did for you. Now, prior to Jesus, we carried upon us a curse. So here's what I want to just, again, for review, let me give you a definition of what a curse is. A curse, or the curse that's mentioned in the scriptures, is a declaration which dooms someone to failure. So because of sin coming into the world through Adam, the curse came upon all mankind. There was also a natural curse that was released into the earth. And so there was a curse that came upon all mankind that doomed us to experience this thing called the curse. It came upon us. Let me, let me give a little bit deeper definition. Here's what the curse... Is, is involved with. It means to destroy, to do away with, to cease, to terminate, to render idle, unemployed, inactive. It means to cause a person or thing to have no further efficiency and to deprive of force, influence, and power. That's what the curse does. All right, now the curse was upon us because of, of Adam's sin and just by merit of the fact that we were born into the earth. So the curse is made up of three parts. It is spiritual death, meaning that if you die without a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, you spend an eternity separated from God, spiritually dead. Now, spiritual death it, it is part of the person who is not born again. They are spiritually dead. The second thing is sickness and disease is part of that curse. The, there was no such thing as sickness and disease in the earth prior to Adam's sin. It was, there was nothing. Okay, there was no cancer. There was no uh, headaches. There weren't any of those things until Adam's sin opened the door and allowed them to come into the earth. And then the third part of the curse is this thing called poverty and lack. You need to understand that in the Garden of Eden, prior to Adam's sin, Adam lacked for nothing. Poverty was not a part of his existence. He knew nothing of that until after his sin. So all three of these aspects of the curse were introduced into the earth through and by Adam's sin. But here's the good news. Notice what verse 13 said. Christ has redeemed us from the curse. So you have been redeemed from spiritual death. You have been redeemed from sickness and disease. And you have been redeemed from poverty and lack. 
And we're going to see more about that, praise God, in just a little bit. So Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Now I gave you the definition of redeemed, and the word redeemed means purchased, ransomed, paid for, or rescued. So, so going back to, to Galatians 3, so Jesus Christ has purchased, ransomed, paid for, and rescued us from the curse. So you remember I said the curse is a declaration that dooms someone to failure. Jesus has purchased, ransomed, paid for, and rescued you from a declaration that dooms you to failure. Isn't that good news? All right. So Christ has redeemed us. So Christ has purchased us, redeemed us, and rescued us from the curse of doom, destruction, and failure. Now, I want to just add a little caveat to this right now. And please understand, I am not saying that the Bible teaches you and I will not face adversity. That as Christians, we will face adversity. But you can go through adversity with a different posture because you are blessed. Amen? All right, so let me show you this verse in the Passion Translation, Galatians 3.14. It says this, Jesus, our Messiah, was cursed in our place. And in so doing, I like the way this phrase is this, dissolved the curse from our lives so that all the blessings of Abraham can be poured out upon even non-Jewish believers. And now God gives us the promise of the wonderful Holy Spirit who lives within us when we believe in him. So what is the blessing? I defined the curse for you, so let's review and talk about what is the blessing. Well, the blessing is a declaration which empowers someone to succeed and prosper. The blessing is a declaration which empowers someone to succeed and prosper. So the blessing is not just how you doing, well, I'm blessed. No, the blessing is an empowerment. It's, a, it's God putting his supernatural on you and on your natural, which enables you to succeed and prosper. So this thing that you wear every day called the blessing is an empowerment. It's a supernatural empowerment. Now, this scripture is not in your notes, um, and, and, but let me just mention it to you. Deuteronomy chapter 8 says, for it is God who gives you power to get wealth so that he may establish his covenant in the earth. I want you to notice how that's verbalized. He, notice it doesn't say he gives you wealth. He gives you empowerment to get wealth. You know why God can't give you wealth? He doesn't have any. You do understand God doesn't have any money. Oh, maybe you don't understand that. Uh, God's not in heaven printing dollar bills. Okay, he doesn't have any money. The money is here in the earth. So if God started pouring money into your life, he'd be a counterfeiter and a liar because he doesn't have any. So what he does is he's put something on us called the blessing, which enables us to be able to bring 
wealth and increase into our lives. Now, I know this rubs religious people the wrong way, but I don't have any religious people here today. Do I? All right, praise God. That was awfully quiet, all right. Okay, here, here's a, the last thing I said to you the last time we were together, and that is this. The blessing means that things that used to work against you now work for you, okay? Uh, you know, think about in the Garden of Eden, if you're familiar with what happened you know, that it was declared upon Adam that now he was going to have to produce in his life by the sweat of his brow because the ground was going to fight against him. The ground was going to try and produce thorns and, and, and anything that he would try and sow into the ground, the ground would not work with him at all. Well, guess what? That has been lifted off of you and me and this empowerment has put a, been put upon us so that things began to work with and for you instead of against you. So here, here's what I want to do is, is just kind of take a little side journey. As I was studying and preparing this week, the Lord uh, really dropped it in my heart strong. And as I was praying, he, he said this, it's, and this is on your notes, so if you want to write this down, it is very important that we as believers... Learn how God operates so that we can cooperate with him. Now, we, we use that word, cooperate, but, but a lot of times it loses its meaning with us. But, but what God is saying is that God never changes. Malachi 3.6 says, I am the Lord, I change not. So listen. You and I are going to have a hard time if we think we're going to get God to change for us. We need to learn how he works and adapt our lives to him and learn how to co-operate with him. We need to learn how he operates so that we can co-operate with him. I just out of curiosity looked up the word cooperate in the dictionary and look at this. It means this, to work jointly with someone toward the same end or result. So here's what the picture I want to paint for you. God wants good for you. He wants you to have a good life. He wants you to have peace in your home. He wants you to have a healthy body. He wants you to have peace in your mind. He wants you to have joy. He wants you to be able to encounter life and be able to overcome and to win and to be victorious. He wants all of those things for you. So here's the thing you need to understand is, is for us to walk in that, we've got to work with him and do what this says, work jointly with him so that we experience the result that he wants for us. You know, I'm amazed at Christians, uh, you know, some Christians that don't fully understand that we serve a good God and God wants good for you. You know, I, I, I'm just amazed that at, I had conversations with people. I was telling our, our Wednesday night group on Bible study, I had some conversations with some wonderful people, precious people that love Jesus, born again, on their way to heaven, but they fight for the right to believe that God wants you, that will, God will make you sick, that he'll cause you to have a car accident so he'll teach you something, you know, and crazy stuff like that. 
and, and they'll fight for the right to believe that. And by the way, if you're encountering someone and talking with someone that believes that, you're not going to be able to change them. So just don't waste your time debating and arguing with them. All right? What you have to do, and here's what God wants us to do, is live your life the way God wants you to live your life and let it be a testimony to them of the goodness of God. All right? But again, I, I just am amazed at people that will, uh, you know, just protect the right to believe, and you can believe whatever you want to, but they, they just want to hang on to that belief that if, if, you know, if, if, if you're out of line, God's going to do whatever he needs to to bring you in line with his baseball bat. You, do you understand what I'm saying? Anybody ever encountered people like that before? All right. Well, that's not our heavenly father. That's what I'm trying to get you to see. So we need to learn how to work jointly with him uh, so that we can experience the result that he's wanting us to experience. Now, I want to go into and look at some verses in the Old Testament, Deuteronomy chapter 30 and verse 15. And I want to show you this, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation. God says this to the children of Israel, this is towards the end of Moses' life and they're transitioning to the leadership of Joshua, getting ready to go into the promised land. And this is what the Lord tells the children of Israel. Now listen, today I am giving you a choice. Everybody say choice. I am giving you a choice between life and death, between prosperity and and disaster. The, the King James Bible says that I, I call to heaven and earth to record this day against you that I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. I like this translation because it defines what blessing and cursing is. But here's the thing that I want you to see is notice whose choice it is whether you live in life or death and prosperity or disaster. It's yours and mine. Now, we don't like that. We don't like that because what that means is, guess whose responsibility it is for the life that you and I are living? You know, what we like to do is we like to say it's their fault. You know, it's my spouse or, you know, it's whatever, okay? We want to pass the buck. We want to put the blame on somebody else. But what God is saying is, okay, listen, the choice is yours it is up to you what you experience. Look at uh, verse 19 in that same chapter, Deuteronomy 30, 19, again reading from the New Living. It says, today I have given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice that you make. Oh, that you, listen to how God says this. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants may live. Can I say it to you this way? God's kind of saying it this way. Here, I'm setting this before you. It's a test, but I'm going to tell you the answer before the test. Choose this one. And by the way, I'm begging you, choose life. Because it will be better for you if you do. So he says, oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants may live. 
You can make this choice by loving the Lord your God, obeying him, and committing yourself firmly to him. This is the key to your life. And if you love and obey the Lord, you will live long in the land the Lord swore to give your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So God is telling us the choice between life and death, blessing and cursing is ours. Now, can I say something to you? And this is going to be kind of in your face, all right, but you can take it. The quality of your life that you're experiencing right now is due to the decisions and choices you made yesterday. Okay? And we don't like that. But that's the truth. And I would be remiss as a pastor if I didn't tell you the truth. The truth is the quality of our lives today is based upon the choices and decisions that we have made yesterday. All right? So... How then, and and you remember how I said that the blessing is where? It's upon you, okay? Turn to somebody beside you and tell them, you look like you're wearing the blessing, okay? Now then, then that brings to bear, then why then are, are a lot of Christians not experiencing a manifestation of that blessing? If they're wearing it, how come, can I just replay? How come it ain't working? Okay. You want me to tell you how to activate the blessing in your life? Anybody? Okay. I wasn't sure. Nobody said anything. Nobody even looked at me, just, you know, cross their eyes. Nothing. All right. Anybody in here want to know how to activate the blessing on your life? All right. I love it. I love it. I see that hand in the back. All right. Here we go. We make the choice, write this down, to live in the blessing of God by our obedience and commitment to him. We make the decision, we make the choice to live in the blessing of God by our obedience and our commitment to him. So what he just told us in Deuteronomy 30, 19 and 20 is this. If you want the blessing to become active in your life, the key is to obey him and be committed to him. Okay, and I want to say this, all right? Um, Obedience and commitment are not necessarily the same thing because you can obey God and your heart not be for God. Okay? God wants it all. He wants your obedience and he wants your committed heart. And when you make that decision, you know what? If I see it in the word, I'm going to obey. If I hear the spirit of God deal with me on a situation, I'm going to obey. And I am going to remain committed to him no matter what. I'm not going to be wishy-washy. I am not going to flounder around. I am in it to win it. I am on God's side. Okay, when you make that level of commitment, look out because I can tell you, you will begin to see a manifestation of the blessing in your life. Now, remember, the key is to obey and commit. So, 
determined. Now, does that, did, did, I did not say live a perfect life. Because guess what? On this side of heaven, you're not going to. But thank God, as we received earlier, the blood of Jesus. Amen? All right, so you have to make the choice to live in the blessing of God by your obedience and your commitment to him. See, the same thing was true of the Jews in the Old Testament. If they wanted to experience the blessing of God upon their lives, they had to remain obedient and committed to God. Now, you remember how I said God doesn't change? You remember how I said we need to learn how to cooperate with him? Yeah, we might be on this side of the cross. We might be on this side of Jesus ascending to heaven, but God is still the same. He still wants obedience and commitment. And that's going to be the key to, to opening the door and causing the blessing of God to be activated in your life. Now, here's what I want to do. I did this two weeks ago, but I want to go to Deuteronomy 28, and I want to read to you the blessing, all right? Just because I want to keep it fresh and keep it stirred in your heart. So Deuteronomy 28, I didn't have room to put all this in your notes, so just look on the screen with me. Deuteronomy 28, verse 1, now it shall come to pass, see if this sounds familiar, it shall come to pass if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all his commandments, which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth and all these blessings shall come upon you, and I like this, and overtake you. I don't know about you, but I want some overtaking happening in my life. I want the blessing overtaking me. Now, this word overtake in the Hebrew actually means to run after you, chase after you, and overcome you and take you, tackle you to the ground. Now, I didn't play football when I was growing up. You know, I play, played in the neighborhood, but... Um, so I didn't experience getting tackled too much. But I can tell you what, this is some tackling I wouldn't mind. Anybody in here want some of that? All right. Okay, so, and these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Okay, so what are the blessings? Here we go, verse three. Blessed shall you be in the city. Blessed shall you be in the country. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body, the produce of your ground, the increase of your herds, the increase of your cattle, the offspring of your flocks. Somebody says, I don't have any cattle, herds, and flocks. Hang on, all right? Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall you be when you come in. Blessed shall you be when you go out. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before your face. They shall come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways. The Lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouses and in all that you set, uh, which you set your hand, he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. The Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself, just as he swore to you, if you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways. Then all peoples of the earth shall see. Now I want to just stop here and make a comment. The blessing is not visible. It's a supernatural empowerment. But notice what 
The Lord said, he said, the peoples of the earth will see something. What are they going to see? They're going to see that blessing in operation and the manifestation of it in your life. I believe there's some people in this room this morning that you're going to begin to walk in this and there are going to be some people that come up to you and say, I don't know what it is about you. I don't even really know you, but I just see something working in your life. What is it? Because I want some of it. And you'll be able to tell them, well, it's because, first of all, Jesus paid the price for me to be able to walk in this thing called the blessing of Abraham. And they'll say, well, I want some of that. How do I get it? And you, be, you, you can lead them right there into receiving Christ as their, their Lord and Savior, be born again, and then you can tell them, now it's on you. All right? I believe that's going to be some of us in this room. I can tell y'all are thrilled about that. Praise the Lord. Thank you for your enthusiasm. The Lord, verse 9, again, will establish you as a holy people to himself just as he sworn to you, verse 10, then all peoples of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord and they shall be afraid of you. That word actually means they will respect you. And the Lord will grant you plenty of goods and the fruit of your body and the increase of your livestock in the produce of your ground, in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers to give you, the Lord will open to you his good treasure, the heavens, to give the rain in your land to, in its season, to bless all the work of your hand. You shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. Now that's a twist, all right? And the Lord, how, wait, 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 wait. How'd you like to be at the car dealership and you're sitting there, and you have your car picked out that you want, so you go into the salesman's office, and they start that sh shucking and jiving that they do between them and the finance manager and all that stuff going on. How would you like to be able to say, wait, 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 wait. Let's just cut all that out. I don't need the finance manager. God is my finance manager. Can, will, will cash do Somebody said, oh, pastor, I can't see myself paying cash for a car. Well, guess what? Then you probably won't. Hallelujah. All right. Verse 13, and the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. You shall be above only and not beneath. If you heed the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today and are careful to observe them, so you shall not turn aside from any of the words which I command you this day to the right or the left to go after other gods to serve them. Same thing, if you obey and stay committed. All of those blessings are yours. Now, here's what I want to do. If you have your notes handy, I want to show you four areas of your life that God's going to bless you in if you obey, stay committed, and as a born-again believer. All right, so the blessing covers every area of your life. Here's the first area that it covers, wherever you are. Wherever you are. It doesn't matter if you're at work. doesn't matter if you're at home. doesn't matter if you're at church. It doesn't matter where you are. The blessing is on you. Look at Deuteronomy 28, verse 3. Blessed shall you be in the city, and blessed shall you be in the country. Well, you know, I'm not the smartest tool in the shed, but you're either in one of those two places all the time. You're either at work in the city 
and you know, we don't call it country very much anymore, but if you're not in downtown, you're out in the country. All right? Do you see that? Look at what uh, the NIV says. You'll be blessed in the city and blessed in the country. So that pretty much sums it up. Everywhere you go, you are blessed. You have something on you. You have this supernatural empowerment on you everywhere you go. Here's the fourth er or second area of your life, rather, that God wants the blessing operative in. Number two is in whatever you do. So not only wherever you are, but God wants to bless whatever you do. Deuteronomy 28, verse 4. Blessed, <coughs> excuse me, shall be the fruit of your body, the produce of your ground, the increase of your herds, the increase of your cattle, and the offspring of your flocks. What that simply means is because God was talking to a predominantly agriculturally based society at that time, he was telling them, whatever you do, I will bless it and cause it to produce. Here's what I'm, what I'm believing for you. On your job, I believe that God, because you are blessed, is going to give you some creative ideas. I believe that when you, when you purpose to do something, like you're given an assignment by your boss, I believe that something is on you that's going to enable you to do that and cause it to excel above what you normally would do or maybe even your coworkers. Okay? And listen, by the way, it's not so that you can pop up and say, hey, aren't I something? No, it's so that you can give glory to God and you can say, it's not me. It's, it's the power of God working in my life. I'll give you a little quick testimony. Before I became a pastor, I worked in IT development and was a software writer for a particular company. And, and uh, I was working and had a project that I was working on. And uh, there was a particular function that they needed the software to do. And for the, I, I, I mean, this was early 2000s. So, you know, Google wasn't like what it is now, but you could still do a lot of research. And I, I looked and see if anybody else had a pattern that I could follow or anything like that. And there was nothing. And so I sat down at my little kitchen table where I was working with my laptop and I said, Lord, I know you know what I need to do. I know you're smarter than this software is. I know that you know exactly what I need to tell the code to do in order to get the result that these people are wanting. And so I took a few minutes and uh, prayed in the spirit, and, you know, maybe about 30 minutes or something like that. And all of a sudden, it came up out of my spirit, one little simple phrase. And so I sat down at my computer and I put it into the code and boom, it worked. Now, what am I telling you? I'm telling you that that's available, that type of thing is available to you. The problem is we don't take advantage of it. God wants you to excel. He's not withholding that from you. He's trying to get it over to you. Deuteronomy 28, 8. The Lord will command the blessing on you in all that you set your hand to. And he will bless you in the land which the Lord is giving you. So God will cause whatever you do to become extremely productive. 
All right? Let me show you this from Psalm 115. It says this, The Lord, in verse 12, has been mindful of us. Of us. He will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He'll bless the house of Aaron. He will bless those who fear the Lord, both small and great. May the Lord give you poverty more and more. Huh? That's not what it says? Okay. May the Lord take away from you more and more. That's not what it says either. Because to hear some people talk, that's what you would think it says. May the Lord give you increase more and more, you and your children. May you be blessed by the Lord who made heaven and earth. See, you need to get it in your heart and in your mind. And listen, I, it's, a, it's, a, it's a process because we're trained so much in the opposite direction. You need to get it in your heart that God is out to increase you. Okay? So he wants to bless you wherever you are. He wants to bless whatever you do. Number three, he wants to bless whatever you have. He wants to bless whatever you have. What do you have? Somebody said, I ain't got nothing. Yeah, you do. Okay? He wants to bless whatever you have. Notice what he said, Deuteronomy 28, 5. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Now, I, did, I had to do some research into that because, you know, I'm not familiar with baskets and kneading bowls. I don't bake my own bread. So I had to look at what he was talking about. And what he's talking about when he says, blessed shall be your basket, basket is a reference to where you keep stuff. And your kneading bowl is where your daily bread comes from. Now, and then as I was reminded of you know, Matthew 6, 11, Jesus told us in what's called the Lord's Prayer, what does he say? Give us this day our daily bread. Look at what another translation says in uh, the Passion. It says, we acknowledge you, talking to the Lord, as our provider of all we need each day. So God wants to bless you wherever you are, whatever you do, with whatever you have, Notice this in Deuteronomy 28.8. The Lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouses. Now, your storehouses, can I bring it up to modern day? Your storehouses, if, 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 and I'll just say this, a little side note, this is free. This won't cost you anything. If you don't have a savings account, get you a savings account. I don't care if you put $10 in it. Get you a savings account. That's a storehouse. God just said he will bless you in your storehouse. Now, that doesn't mean he's magically going to make money appear there, but he'll give you opportunities to generate some income that you can put there. Well, praise the Lord. Am I helping anybody? Okay. All right. So, not only will he bless you wherever you are and whatever you do and whatever you have, number four, he blesses you wherever you go. So, not only where you are, but where are you going? Notice he says this in Deuteronomy 28, 6. Blessed shall you be when you come in and blessed shall you be when you go out. Just like I said, you're either in one of two places in the city and in the country. You're either doing one of two things. You're coming out or you're going in. And he said you'll be blessed when you come out and blessed when you come in. Psalm 121 verse 8 says this, The Lord will watch over your coming and going both now and forevermore. You need to know something. 
When you get in your car on your way to work in the morning, know this, uh, you're blessed going. Then you're blessed when you get there. You're blessed when you're doing what you're supposed to do while you're there. And then he blesses you on your way home. And then he blesses what you have. I think that pretty much covers everything. Don't you? Wherever you are, wherever you're going, whatever you have, and whatever you do, God has declared a blessing on those things. Now, as I wrap this up, I want to look at one more portion of Scripture and use this as an example to show you what I mean. Genesis chapter 39, verses 1 through 6. You've heard the story of Joseph, how he was sold into slavery by his brothers and went down and uh, was sold into um, the house of Potiphar, who was a commander in Pharaoh's army and also the jail keeper. He was the warden of the prison. And it says, Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there. Now notice this. The Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him. His master saw that the Lord was with him. How can he see that the Lord was with him? God cannot be seen with the natural eye. How did he see that God was with him? He saw the evidence that God was with him. Notice it said, his master saw that the Lord was with him, and the Lord made all he did to prosper in his hand. So Joseph found favor in his sight and served him. Then he, Potiphar, made Joseph overseer of his house and all that he had put under his authority. So it was from the time that he had made him overseer of his house and all that he had that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for whose sake? Joseph's sake. So Joseph sounds to me like he had a little blessing on him wherever he was, whatever he did, whatever he had, and wherever he went. And the blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in the house and in the field. Thus he left all that he had in Joseph's hand and he did not know what he had except for the bread which he ate. And then this, this last sentence is, I, I just, it's applicable to me as well. Now, Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. That was a joke, okay? I didn't get an amen, a boo-hoo, nothing on that. Wow, I'm hurt. All right, no, I'm not. But here's what I want you to see. Now, I want to ask you a question. Was Joseph experiencing some adversity in his life? Yeah, he'd been sold into slavery. I think that's pretty adverse. All right, but notice in the situation he found himself in, God's blessing was still at work, so much so that it caused the man that he was sold into slavery to to make him the boss of everything. Now, if you remember, if you're, if you're familiar with the story, uh, Potiphar's wife started hitting on Joseph. Joseph wasn't having it. She accused him of raping her, and Joseph ended up getting thrown in prison. Well, if you read the rest of the story, the same thing happened while he was in prison. Now, here's the key. He didn't get mad. He didn't 
get bitter at God. He didn't say, God, why, why are all these bad things happening to me? No, he kept the right heart attitude, but he went into every one of those situations. And because the blessing of God was on him, every time he turned around, he ended up responsible and over the whole thing. Notice when he went to prison that he ended up, the, the warden of the prison that worked for Potiphar ended up making him in charge of all the other prisoners in the prison. And then, no, you know the story about the dreams and all of that. Well, you know he ends up getting promoted and because of the blessing of God on his life, he ends up second in command over the whole nation, second only to Pharaoh himself. Now, was Joseph special? No, he wasn't special. He was anointed. He was blessed. He was empowered to prosper and be successful. Now, so Joseph experienced the fullness of the blessing in his life. Where? Wherever he was, whatever he did, whatever he had, and wherever he went. Now, here's the key I want you to see. Even in the midst of circumstances that weren't going his way, God was still blessing him. You might be in some circumstances that aren't necessarily going your way right now. Well, don't get your eyes caught up in the circumstances. Just know, okay, Lord, I thank you that, I, that you are going to bring me out of this situation. But in the meantime, thank you that I am blessed right here where I am. I am blessed wherever I'm going. I'm blessed in whatever I set my hands to. And I am blessed. Everything I have is blessed. And that's the hard attitude that you need to have. And I promise you, and, and perhaps I didn't uh, emphasize this enough, it is not automatic. You have to make the decision that you're going to walk in this. Because if it was automatic, every believer would be living in it. And they're not. You have to make the choice. I want to walk in what you have for me, Lord. Amen? Did you get anything out of this? Amen. Are you blessed? Are, do you have something on you that causes you to prosper and be successful? Amen. Say this after me. Say, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I am blessed wherever I go. I am blessed wherever I am. I am blessed in whatever I do and whatever I have is blessed. My family's blessed. My home is blessed. My job is blessed. My car is blessed. My stuff is blessed. In Jesus' name, because of what Jesus did for me. Amen. Praise the Lord. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the word that we've heard today. Lord, I thank you that your blessing is upon each and every one of us. And Father, we just make a commitment today that we're going to walk in the fullness of that. Not so that, Lord, we can just be something big. No, it's like you told Abraham, Father, we are blessed so that we can be a blessing. And that, Lord, we'll be so thoroughly furnished in every area of our lives that we'll be able to look around and we'll be able to see people that we can be a blessing to. And I thank you for it. Lord, I thank you for what Jesus has done for each and every one of us, that he's provided the way for this empowerment to work in our lives. And Father, I thank you that 
Again, we make the decision to obey whatever you tell us to do. We make a fresh commitment today to commit our lives to you 100%. Lord, in Jesus' name, I thank you that we just make the decision that we're not holding anything back from you. That all of our lives, the totality of our lives belongs to you. And we'll do whatever you say. We'll go wherever you want us to go. And we'll become everything that you want us to become. And we thank you for it. Now with every head bowed and every eye closed, I, I never like to assume anything, but I, I just want to invite you, if you're here today, and I know most of you, and uh, I know, I believe that you're born again, but perhaps you're here today and you just need to make a fresh commitment to the Lord. I want, you, want to invite you to just pray this simple prayer with me and let today be a day of new beginnings. Let today be a day when you start afresh and anew. I love that about the Lord that the good news is, is that when we come to him and we say, Lord, forgive us of whatever it is that we might need forgiveness of, the blood of Jesus cleanses us from that. It's washed away. It's gone forever. And you can start brand new at that moment. So pray this simple prayer with me. Everybody just pray this. Say, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I come to you today on May the 8th, 2022, and I make a brand new commitment. I commit my life to you. In Jesus' name, forgive me of anything that's wrong. Thank you for cleansing me. Thank you for giving me a brand new start. And I'm going to walk with you all the days of my life. Now, thank you for your power that lives on the inside of me. I cannot do this on my own. I must have your strength, your ability, by the power of the Holy Spirit. I thank you for it, Lord. Now, thank you that I am clean and holy. And I'm going to walk in victory in every area. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thanks once again for tuning in to the Spring Hill Church podcast. We hope that you have been blessed by today's message. If you would like more information about the church, please feel free to visit us at springhill.cc.